Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. Before we go, we're going to all stop for just a moment and say that we promise that we are not going to leave this place feeling guilty, feeling offended, feeling condemned, okay? <laughs> we, we are going to talk about something that in other churches and other times where I've sat down and heard things talk about, uh, this topic talked about, you, you leave and you're like, man, I'm a failure as a Christian. I should just go off and forget this entire thing. That is not what we are talking about today, okay? And if you feel that way, come see me afterwards, because really all that means is I just did a bad job of explaining it. That's all it is, okay? So nobody gets to walk out these doors feeling condemnation. Understood? Good. What do you do when you get lost? Cry. <laughs> what, what do you do when you get lost in the woods? If, if you're, you're wandering around lost in the woods, what do you do if you're on a road trip and, and you get lost and, and you don't have Siri to help get you back to where you need to go? What do you do? Well, I can tell you, we, we absolutely don't ask for directions, duh, because that's ridiculous. But <laughs> what, what do we do? We, we, we look to what we know. You look for what you know. If you're wandering around in the woods, you look for what you know. Well, I know where this is. And that becomes your foundation. That becomes your starting point. You say, well, from here, I can start again. I, maybe I was lost up until this point, but I know where this is. And from there, I can now continue towards my goal. If you're on a road trip, it's like, well, I at least know where 101 South is taking me. <laughs> this morning, we're talking about going back to basics. We've, we've just spent... 14 weeks talking about who I am. How God is, is answering that question for us. How he's defining who we are. He's making that known through his word. And as we wrapped up last week, I asked that question where if, if we as believers, as followers of Christ, were to be dropped on our own into the middle of a population that didn't know anything about Jesus Christ, would we be able to have a life-changing impact on those people? Would we be able to, to have a, a life-changing impact on that population that furthers the kingdom of God? And I'm not looking for you to answer out loud. I'm not looking for you to raise your hand. It is okay if the thought of praying with somebody that you don't know makes you break out into a cold sweat. It is okay if you can't remember that one Bible verse that has something to do with shepherds and streams and, and pastures and all that stuff. That's okay. It's okay if you never feel like you have the right words to pray. 
I have some wonderful news for you. Just like Moses, who was afraid to speak in public and was afraid to take up the mantle of leadership that God had called him to, we also have someone who has sent us and someone who is with us every step of the way. When, when Moses was being called to go to the people, to, to liberate the people and lead them out of Egypt, he, he didn't have the words to say. He, he didn't know what he was going to do, but God said, just go. And, and he sent his brother Aaron with him to, to go with him, and, and so he had family that was with him in the midst of it, and, he, and all he knew was that, that God had a plan. We also have someone who has sent us. We also have someone who is with us every step of the way. We have been sent by God the Father. We have been saved by God the Son. And we have been empowered by God the Holy Spirit. There's a number of verses that we're going to look at this morning as we, we go through the, these this idea of coming back to basics. And again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't another 14-week series, so buckle up. Uh, <laughs> we are going to come back to basics. It's going to be a talk about what does it look like to pray with your neighbor? What does it look like when we come to the table of communion? What does this mean? What does it mean to have the experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to sit down? Why do I tithe? Why, why is there an offering? Why, why are all of these things happening? What, what's the point? And, and we need to know what the point is. And sometimes we forget what the point is. Maybe, maybe you've been in the church for your entire life. Sometimes it's good to be reminded of what the point of it all is. And so this morning, there's a specific point that we're going to be talking about. If we look at Psalm uh, 5, verse 3, it says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you, and wait expectantly. There is a need that exists in, in the church at large. In the, the age of modern technology, in the age of a slick professional presentation, in the age of fog machines and lasers and Sunday morning worship, that maybe we need to stop and reassess what really matters in the life of the church. What really matters in the life of Matt Marish. What really matters in your life as a follower of Christ. We need to reassess what is really, truly bringing blessing to the heart of God and to the people of God. When we talk about blessing, we have to be careful how we phrase that, that term because sometimes true success, true blessing isn't always what we think it might be. Sometimes we, we think blessing and success in terms of church success is more people sitting in the chairs. 
a, a higher financial hurdle being crossed. Maybe having it, it feel just that much more professional, that much more polished, but how is that really excellence? Is, is that truly the excellence that we're called to pursue? If we, as Wood Street Chapel, if, if we, as the, the overall church of Jesus Christ, are, are really going to be focused on blessing, really going to be focused on success. We need to know what that is. And in order to know what that is, we have to get back to basics. We have to get back to our roots. Oliver was, was home for a week from school because of some stuff that was happening in the classroom at large and everybody in the classroom had to go home for a week. Thank you, COVID. And, <laughs> and he had a week's worth of homework and so he brought home uh, multiplication with two double-digit numbers. And as an adult, I don't necessarily have to do multiplication with two, <laughs> two uh, multi-digit numbers. And so it was a process of, well, gosh, how, how do I do this? <laughs> I, I had to get back to basics, and they had to check their work, and I was checking my work, and it was wrong. And I was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> what is wrong with me? But it, it was a perfect illustration of what we're talking about today. If you don't do it, if, if it's not something that's, that's true and present in your life, it just disappears. It goes away. So this Sunday morning, we're going to be looking at, at a discipline that I'm going to call the morning watch. On other Sunday mornings, we'll, we'll talk about other disciplines. We'll talk about other foundational aspects of what it means to be following Christ. And as we get back to those basics, if you've never learned them, that's okay. If you're, you're newly saved, if you're, you're new to the church, that's okay. This is not a time of, well, you should have been doing this the whole time, you moron, what's going on? No, that's not the case at all. You're here and you're learning and you're receiving. This is the time where you can say, okay, this is what it means to be a follower of Christ. And maybe you're not new Maybe you are not new to this idea. You're not new to the concepts that we're going to be talking about. But maybe it's just good for a refresher. Maybe it's good for us to be reminded of why we do the, thi the things that we do. Maybe sometimes things have gotten into such a habitual process that we've forgotten why we do them. There's a, an author who, who wrote some devotionals. His name's S.D. Gordon. And he says, a life of victory and power hinges upon three things. One, an act. Two, a purpose. And three, a habit. An initial act, a fixed purpose, and a daily habit. The initial act that, that Gordon is talking about is the act of surrendering to Jesus Christ. 
surrendering my life, when I, when I come to faith recognizing that Jesus Christ is my Savior, that, that step of saying, I'm laying down my life, I'm dang, laying down my rights, I'm laying down my pride, I'm laying down everything that I am holding on to for the sake of what you have called me to. That's this initial act. And then this purpose that he's talking about, a fixed purpose, is obeying the Lord as a believer in whatever he tells you to do. So basically this purpose is, well, I've, I've already made this act of laying down my life and, and recognizing that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. And so because of that, it then makes sense that I'm going to do what he says. I mean, nobody says, hey, you're, you're the Lord of my life. You are the king of everything, but I'm going to go do my own thing, thanks. I mean, that's, that doesn't make sense. And then there's a daily habit. If we are to know the power, if we are to know the vitality, the, the success that is for us in a Christian life... We want those things, yeah? I mean, we, those are all good things to have. Vitality is a nice thing. Success is, is okay. I don't know many people that are like, I'll just take a little success. Power. Power is available. If we are to have those things in a Christian life, we not only have to have that initial act of salvation, we not, are, cannot only be pursuing a, the purpose in our minds that we're going to obey the Lord and whatever he says, but we also have to have a daily habit of recognizing that this isn't just a one-time thing. My laying down of myself, my surrendering of myself for the sake of what he has in store is not just that, well, I did that like six months ago. What do you want from me? He wants our today. Are you willing to give him your today? It's hard to, to think about it in those terms sometimes. You know, we, we get so focused on church. We get so focused on, I have to read my Bible and I have to read so many chapters so I can get through the whole Bible in a year. It's, it's, that's the thing. I have to make sure I spend this much time in prayer. I have a list of people that I need to pray for. I mean, don't get me wrong. Reading through the Bible in a year and praying for people is great. But we have to recognize that there is a choice that happens on a daily basis. Beyond all of those things, do I choose to surrender my life to God today? Back to basics. I mean, this... We can't do anything else until that choice is made. If you try to do anything else that we're going to talk about in the coming weeks without having that decision made first, this is going to be a hot mess. As the Gordon, after he says this, he, he sums that up and he says, after the initial act of surrender, the secret of a strong, winsome Christian life is in spending time daily alone with God. Now here's the question. Do you observe the morning watch? And I'm gonna talk about what, what I consider the morning watch to be. 
You might say, well, sure. I, I read my one chapter that, that's on my, my Bible reading guide that I'm supposed to, to read. I, I read, pray through the, the list of needs that, that I have that I know about, I, and I go off and I start my day. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not just talking about your daily devotional reading. I'm not just talking about praying through the list of prayers that you have. I'm talking about meeting with God. There's a difference. There's a difference between me going through my agenda Versus stopping and meeting with God. Meeting with God specifically in the morning. Now, everybody hold on for just a minute before everybody's like, no, just go with me for like five minutes, okay? (laughs) Diane, are you counting? (laughs) Okay, like I said, nobody is leaving here. Maybe I should have added, nobody gets to leave here angry at me either. Um, I am going to say specifically in the morning, the necessary ingredient of a life of victory and power in the Lord Jesus Christ is not just reading your Bible, is not just praying. It's a life of communion with Jesus Christ. It's a life of relationship. Can I have a relationship? We did that skit one time where Kaylee and I were sitting here. Can I have a relationship if the only interaction is where I just shout out all of the things that I want without bothering to listen for a response? Of course not. The the morning watch had another term if we we kind of go back to, to church history. It's called the trysting time. Trysting has an interesting connotation to it because if you you take the the root of that word as a a tryst, and maybe we know what that means. It's kind of this, like, maybe somebody was was engaged or betrothed to to somebody else and it was like, hey, you know, I'll meet you on the corner of this this street. I'll I'll meet you in this, you know, under the, the elm tree on the park or, you know, whatever it was. And it, it was a time where, where two lovers could come together, where, where two people that, that loved each other came and spent time. It's fitting. When, when you think of it in that sense, that's the time that Jesus wants with us. That's the time that, that has been asked for. Not a, a time of going through a grocery list of the, the, the things of the day. A time of communion. There's to be a time and a place in our lives where we, we recognize Jesus is the lover of our souls. A time in our day where we, we stop and we, we have and recognize that relationship first. And from that, the rest of the day comes. 
Murray Machine put it like this. He says, I ought to pray before seeing anyone. I feel it's far better to begin with God, to see his face first, to get my soul near him, near him before it's near anybody else. Now, is this something that we are truly willing to say is a basic, is, is a truth in our life? Is this morning watch something that, that exists in our life? We uphold in the Bible. If we look, we see men like, like David where he says, evening and morning and afternoon will I pray and cry aloud and seek your face. We, we uphold the apostles who, who went into the synagogues and, and they prayed early, early in the morning. We uphold Jesus who was found early in the morning leaving to go and be by himself and to pray. Do we follow those examples? Now, what am I not saying? I'm not saying that the morning is the only time to meet with God. I am not saying that that is the only appropriate time for you to, to sit down and go through a, a daily devotion, a time where you're going through the, the reading of the word. It's okay to have a scheduled process. It's okay to have a list of prayers. In fact, you should have those things. We all should have those things. But this is different. Some people, I'm not going to look at or name anyone, are not morning people. And the fact of the matter is, they're grumpy. Why would God want that time? <laughs> it takes a couple hours to, to wake up and to get moving and to, to do everything else that they need to do. Some people have jobs that don't allow this to be a reality in this moment. where We're going to take five hours and before we start our day and, and have time with Jesus. We're going to take two hours and, and start our day. You can't, it just doesn't fit. This isn't a matter of legalism. This isn't a matter of saying, you, well, you, if you're really a Christian, you should be reading your Bible at 4 a.m. I don't know what to tell you. Everybody just figure it out. No, that, that's not what this is about at all. But if you, in the midst of starting your day, you can stop for just a moment and recognize that there's a desire for a relationship. If you can stop and you can recognize, Heavenly Father, thank you that I am your child. Thank you that you have given me the opportunity to step out into this day. Help me to be effective in what you have called me for. God, as I go throughout my day, help me to listen to your voice. Quiet my heart, quiet my mind, quiet the distractions around me. In your name I pray. If, if we just stop and, and quiet ourselves for a moment, that's what we're talking about here, this idea of, of pause. Now, sure, if you can, can stop and get into the Word during that time, if you can stop and, and have your prayer time in the morning as well, that's, that's awesome. 
That's amazing. And, and as we start looking at this, there's some biblical oomph behind that. You don't have to go very far into the Bible to see a lot of stuff happens in the morning. One could make the argument that maybe a lot of stuff happened in the morning because they didn't have any electricity. Just saying. So I'm not going to go through and read every single verse that we have here, but if we look at Genesis 19, Abraham rose early in the morning and he met with God. Genesis 28, Jacob rose early in the morning and he met with God. In Exodus 8, 9, 24, and 34, Moses rose early and he met with God. In Joshua 3, 6, 7, and 8, Joshua rose early and met with God. In Judges 6, Gideon rose early and he met with God. In Hannah, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, Samuel in 1 Samuel 15, David in 1 Samuel 17, Job in chapter 1, verse 5, the apostles in Acts 5, 21, Mary in Luke 24, Mark 16, and John 20, and Jesus Christ in Mark chapter 1, verse 34. Those are people who decided that the morning was an okay time to get up and meet with God, just saying. And so we have to choose. Is, is that, are those people, are those examples that are, are worth following? In Mark chapter 1, verse 34, it says, And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. And very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and we went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everybody's looking for you. It's like, I know. I had to be alone. It's, it's funny to imagine Jesus like quietly sneaking out of the house like he knows that that board's going to creak and so he's stepping over it and, and he's quietly lifting the latch to make sure, you know, Peter doesn't wake up and say, let's go build a tent. Um, he, he goes out by himself in the stillness of the morning. No one else is awake. Because he knew the importance. And it wasn't just knowing the importance. He wanted a relationship. He wanted to be in communion and community with his father. I know as a child, there was times where I'd hear my my dad waking up in the morning and getting things ready. And and as a child, you wake up and you immediately run out and you want to be with your dad. I have two kids at home, and, and if I'm making enough noise in the morning and they hear me, that you can bet they are both out as soon as they can. Because they're hungry for a relationship. Jacob is, is crossing the ford. He's not a super great guy. He's done some, some pretty messed up things. He needed to be changed. He needed to have a touch from God. And you you remember what happened. So he's sleeping by himself after he sent his family on ahead. And 
as he's asleep, he recognizes, is there somebody there? And he starts wrestling with him, thinking, well, maybe it's one of Esau's men that's coming to kill me. And he wrestles with this guy for the entire evening until finally the, this guy touches his thigh and, and some say his hip went out of, out of socket. Something happened to him. And he, he turns and he recognizes that he's not wrestling with, with one of Esau's soldiers, one of Esau's guards, his men. He's wrestling with an angel. But Jacob says to this angel, I will not let you go until you bless me. And it's that early hour, the, the dawning of the day that, that God blesses Jacob. Where he's given the name Israel. And that place where, where that interaction happens is called Peniel, the face of God. Because it's, it's there in those early morning hours that, that Jacob came face to face with God. If we look at Moses in Exodus 33 and 34, he, he has this, this burden of, of the, the sin of the people of Israel and, and all of these different experiences that we we've read about that, that happen. And he's trying to lead the people of God. But as he prays out to God, he says, Lord, show me your face. Show me your glory. That's, that's the prayer that is supposed to, we're supposed to come back to. That's the, the back to basic prayer that we are supposed to be at this morning is Lord, show me your glory. Everything else I can deal with later, but God, I want to see your face. And in Exodus 34, 2, he says, Be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto my mountain and present yourself to me there on the mountaintop. And Moses does. He goes up and he sees the, just the, the, the back of the robe of God and his, his face shines. It physically changes him. How much better can you be at your job if coming into it, you, you are physically changed because you've been in the presence of God? How much more effective can we be if that's how we start our day? In John 20, we have Mary Magdalene where, where Jesus reveals himself to Mary in the stillness and the solitude of a garden in the morning. The disciples see the resurrected Jesus on the shore after they've been going back to what they know. Everything has been turned upside down. Jesus Christ has been crucified. They are feeling like they're probably wanted men. They just don't feel safe, and they go back to what they know. They go out for a fishing excursion. They're in the boat all night and they can't catch anything until Jesus reveals himself. And when does he do it? In the morning. There's a poem. It's called The Difference. It says, I got up early one morning and rushed right into the day 
I had so much to accomplish that I didn't have time to pray. Problems just tumbled about me and the heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me, I wondered, and he answered, you didn't ask. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on gray and bleak. I wondered why God didn't show me, and he said, you didn't seek. I tried to come into God's presence. I used all of my keys at the lock, and God gently and lovingly chided, my child, you didn't knock. I woke up early this morning and paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. I mean, it's, it's just true. Now, again, this, is, this isn't us talking about setting aside an extra hour in your morning. This isn't talking about, well, you need to wake up two hours early to, to be able to do something. There's, there's no time limits that we're talking about here. This is a matter of the heart. There's a, a Jewish prayer that was traditionally cited when, when they woke up in the morning. It says, I'm thank, thankful before you, living and enduring King, for you have mercifully restored my soul within me. Great is your faithfulness. As I was, was researching for this, I found that, and it just almost kind of, it caught me. Is that true? Is that true in my life? I am thankful before you. Living and enduring King. For you have mercifully restored my soul within me. Great is your faithfulness. As we come back to basics, this question, do you take time to meet with God? Do you take time to meet with God before you begin your day? And it has to be before, because if you do it at the end, you've, you've missed the opportunity. <laughs> the, the day has already happened. Why did we start here? Shouldn't we be figuring out, you know, how to invite somebody to church? Shouldn't we figure out, you know, the sinner's prayer? Shouldn't we, we figure something else out first? And the fact of the matter is we have to start here. This, just like the day has to start this way, our relationship has to start this way. Again, you can't have a relationship if you just show up with your laundry list. If you're, the, like, if you've gone on a first date, and you just showed up with, well, here's what I need you to do in my life today. Are you going to get a second one? <laughs> no. As we focus on this basic, this point, this example, we, we find this is, these are the roots. This is the foundation that we build on. Kaylee and I rescued a 
sad houseplant. <laughs> it, was, it was at my office, and my office has been uh, vacant for quite a while because people are working from home, this, and believe it or not, computer technicians aren't super up on caring for houseplants, and, <laughs> and myself included, okay? <laughs> Kaylee asked, well, how, when was the last time it was watered? I, said, I don't know, like months <laughs> so it's like, well, maybe we should, we should bring it home. Okay, okay, sure, we can do that. So we, we go and we find this, this beautiful pot. And, and this is like a 200-pound pot, at least. Like, this was a heavy, heavy pot. And so we, we get that into the house, and I'm just like, we have to plot the, plant this tree in the house because there is no way I'm moving the 200-pound pot with dirt in it and the tree, like, I, I'll just die. So, a ficus, yeah. And so, we, we get this tree, I, I pick it up in Eureka, and, and you know, I, I, I probably should have treated it a little bit better, even though it was already on its last leg. So, I put it in the back of my truck, uh, and drive on the freeway all the way home. <laughs> The, the like four leaves that were left on it when I got home were like, man, you guys are troopers. Good job. Gold star. And so we then left it in the garage for a week. I don't think we watered it when it was in the garage either. But we, we finally took it out. We t- took it to the backyard and Kaylee pruned it. She, she cut off the, the areas where there was dead branches and kind of shaped it the way that it should be shaped. We, we put it into new, fresh soil that was specifically for that type of plant that was, was ready to, to have a, a plant in it. We, we watered it. We put plant food in it. And you sit there and you watch, and, and now there's new growth. There's, there's health. There's life. Because we went back to basics. We went back to, I don't know much about keeping a plant alive, but I'm pretty sure they need water. I'm pretty sure they need to see the sun. That's what I know. And so maybe, maybe there's, there's other things, and I'm sure I'm going to get like this list of stuff that's going to come from the people that are saying, well, this is what you should be doing with your tree, and that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but I'm starting with what I know. And what I know is producing results. What I knew, know is bringing life. What I know is bringing growth, just like what we're talking about today. I hope that that illustration makes sense as we come back to what we know. We know that God wants a relationship with his children. I mean, we, we see every point in the Bible that God is desperate. I mean, the entire Bible is the story of God's love for his children. Start to finish. And so as we move on from this study to the next, to the next basic, the next foundational truth, my prayer is that we won't lose this. My prayer is that this will will embed itself into your, your everyday living. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. God, we make a choice this day 
and every day going forward that we will take up the morning watch. That we will take that time and recognize God. That we are thankful before you. That you have mercifully restored my soul and great, O oh God, is your faithfulness. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the privilege of being in relationship with you. Let us not walk away. Let us not become distracted. Let us not lose focus of that which you have called us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 